Welcome to the We Are VIP podcast. Each week, your host, Casey Haston, Director of Recruiting at VIP, will bring you valuable insights from thought leaders, introduce you to incredible companies, and bring you tips for landing your dream job from our team of executive recruiters at VIP. And now, Casey Haston. Hey everyone, welcome to the We Are VIP podcast, a podcast devoted to adding value to your career and candidate search. I'm your host, Casey Haston. I'm an executive recruiter, director of recruiting with VIP, and your all-around hiring guru. Today, I have yet another special guest with me. I have Paige Dawson, president and founder of MPD Ventures, a marketing and advertising company with a dedicated purpose to help companies and individuals grow through impactful, innovative marketing and communication solutions. A trained communication specialist herself, Paige knows how to ask the right questions, and she's going to kind of share those tricks with us today. And she facilitates meaningful discussions and translates complex ideas into a clear, actionable plan. Again, we are going to dive into that a little bit today. She regularly develops strategies and leads group sessions for executives and management teams and employees, ranging from media training um, and public relations to branding and website development, as well as internal employee communications. So I really wanted to bring her on so she could talk to you a little bit more about what that actually looks like and how that can help you either as a candidate search or even as a client searching for your next candidate. So Paige, Welcome to the show. Casey, thanks so much for having me today. I am so excited to have you here. Yes. You know, you're kind of a special person in my life. <laughs> <laughs> well, seriously, I mean, and we'll talk about that a little bit later. I mean, you you took me to the next level, yes. for sure. I mean, I, I believe that part of why I'm here today doing a podcast is because of you and your help. Thank you. Thank so, you. So I want to ask you some questions and kind of see if we can you know, have some content that will help our candidates as they're going through their career search, as well as clients that may be looking for candidates. So tell me about MPD Ventures and what brought you to create it. What gaps in the industry did you seek to fill? Sure, sure. Thank you. Um, Honestly, I fell into MPD Ventures. Uh, It found me, I will say. It started 18 years ago, and it was a phoenix rising out of the ashes, if you will, from my first startup and dot-com. So we had a startup in the dot-com boom days that we sold on paper and had some rust-colored handcuffs with it. And it sadly uh, went under. And from that time, I was determining what to do next. My former employer, Arthur Anderson, also was meeting its demise then. And everyone was available. And I had my phone ringing with people saying, could you help me? I need a brochure. I need a resume. And my thought is how you don't start a business. That'll pay the mortgage this month. Sure. (laughs) So fast forward three months, and I'm like, wow, this is more than paying the mortgage. Fast forward another three months, and there are three of us at my dining room table, and thus the company was born and we had office space. So wow, it really centered on my ability to build meaningful relationships and authentic relationships over the years. And those came back to provide value for people. So how could I help them tell their story, their message to then launch their new business, yeah. find a new job, take their next step when life happens? That is, so I don't guess I knew that part yeah. that you used to work for Arthur Anderson. Mm-hmm. Yes, so I know the accounting space and finance space quite well. (laughs) (laughs) Wow, okay. What did you do there? 
I was in charge of marketing and communications for their cost management service line, which is all about customer profitability, activity-based costing, and their bond software line. So very um, difficult concepts to share um, in a way that was common sense language and intelligent. And so my job was to translate that to make it interesting and sexy and uh, create conversation. I like that you say that because I think that's so important and that's one of the things that VIP we strive to do is to build those relationships first and you do that by starting those conversations. I literally walked up to somebody last week and said, I want to get to know you better. Yes. And this guy was like, okay, who are you? (laughs) (laughs) I'm someone that wants to know you. Yes. And And I actually met with him today. All it takes is asking. I think that the, the misconception is, um, it's scary to ask, and it is scary, but the worst they can say is no. Absolutely. And that's very easy. You know, most people will say yes. They I will. think by nature, people want to help. They do. One of my uh, good friends, Leah Woodward, I've had her on the show before. Um, she runs an organization called Smart Fem Network. Mm-hmm. She always says, Get your asking gear. Yes, absolutely. I love it. Absolutely. <laughs> What do you think MPD does differently from other marketing and communication agencies? Sure. Quite a lot. Um, (laughs) We start any work we do, whether it's for an individual client, such as we have worked with Casey, uh, and we can talk about that later, as well as businesses, we Mm -hmm. really start with the messaging. What do you want to be known for? What sets you apart? How do we tell that story? Um, Rather than immediately diving into tactics because you've really got to understand who you are and what sets you apart so that it will resonate with people. Um, The other piece we talk about is it has to be authentic. It has to be true. Um, you You can only fake it for so long. That is so true. We talk about that a lot with other thought leaders like yourself that, you know, if you are not coming from a place of authenticity and transparency, they'll figure you out. They may not do it right at the beginning, But like you said, you can't continue to fake it. You're going to trip up. And so you just need to be your true, authentic self. And not everybody may like your true, authentic self. I had to kind of get over that the other day. I had a coaching moment with Mama Jean on that. She was was like, not everybody has to like you, Casey. And I'm like, what? No. (laughs) And I think that's really where we look at is, you know, you may not. And we say that to the people where we're interviewing for clients. We want to have a get-to-know-you meeting. We Mm want to know do we like you and do you like us and do we fit together because that the congruence and the alignment is so important to be able to create a brand or a message Uh, it's the same thing with the jobs that you're looking for you know is the company that you are interviewing with does it have the culture the fit where you feel at home absolutely um so let's just dive into this a little bit yeah I was on a mission this year to establish my personal brand, and it's amazing how when you target something, how people start coming into your lives and, you know, resources that you need are there, and it's just amazing because your Mm -hmm. mind's going to target that, right? Absolutely. Don't even get me started talking about the reticular activator system, right? Oh, yes. Yes. So important because that's what filters out the information that you receive, and if you're focusing on bad things... And I'm getting off on a tangent, but that's what your brain's going to allow in. So I was focusing on good things, setting up my personal brand, and that's when I was introduced to you. Yes. And it was so fortuitous. It was just just the right moment Mm -hmm. that Mm -hmm. that happened. So 
and, and so you helped me with my personal brand, um, and I think that uh, we have, we're going to show yes. everyone what they did, and what I want to emphasize is that this whole website came out of a 15-minute conversation. Yep. And you guys nailed me. How do you do that? That's what you pay us for. Right. And that is what our passion is, is being able to get to the essence of a person, a company, what makes you tick and what sets you apart and makes you so different from everyone else. And so it is, we find with a lot of people when they're trying to build their own brand, often you're too close to the product yourself. Right. You're too enmeshed and you kind of can't see the, the bigger forest for the tree that you're in. And I find too most individuals are too critical of themselves and don't give themselves enough credit for things that are brilliant and amazing that you offer. And so what we're trained to do is to ask the right questions, mm -hmm. to pull that out of you. And that's part of a science. We have a process and a methodology we go through. But what I think really the magic happens is when we apply the art part of it. How do we then take and shape and curate and form that into you? The you that you didn't even know was hidden in there. I, I know when yeah. I saw the first yeah. mock-up of the website, I was like, oh my gosh, I'm pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I had no idea. Yeah. It is, and it's, it is, it, what I love it is when someone looks at it, and I, I think you're a perfect example, you're like, oh my gosh, you get me. Yeah. I don't have a change. That's it. This is perfect. And that's when we know it's working. Yes. And I will tell you, I didn't have any changes. No. No. There, there was nothing to change. You guys did so perfect yeah. on it. And um, there, so why would someone benefit from establishing their personal brand, mm -hmm. e even just with a website or, you know, why sure. do we need that? Sure, absolutely. And, and I think it depends on the person and where you are in life. Um, some people, you're going to look for the personal brand. It's going to attract revenue for you if you're a business owner or a freelancer or in some cases revenue if you're looking to get a salary job it's money you're attracting money you're attracting referrals you mm -hmm. know trying to build your network you're attracting relationships all of those things help to uh, bring the people to you that are the right people who are receptive to your message who think like you um, and it helps just honestly make whatever you're trying to close or achieve easier it tells your story for you I think it also lends um, a level of credibility, too, mm -hmm. because it shows, number one, that you care about yourself enough to do that. Absolutely. And that, um, and then it also tells your story for you. Mm -hmm. So you can just, like, I refer people to my website all the time. And by mm -hmm. the way, for those of you that are just listening and not watching, um, you can go to CaseyHaston.com mm -hmm. and see the great work that Paige has done there. It's amazing. And if you'll notice down at the bottom, for those of you, again, not uh, watching this video, um, You'll see all of my recent blog posts with the pictures, and that's another service that Paige's mm -hmm. um, company provides yeah. is providing those pictures to you, um, you know, as part of the service. And I'm telling you, it really makes your personal brand pop. It just takes you up to that next level. You look mm -hmm. so professional. Um, so I yeah. really appreciate that piece because I love to blog. Absolutely. And I think that's one of the pieces that's most important is the consistency. Mm -hmm. So I, the, one of the pitfalls that we find most people getting into is they're so gung-ho about building their brand and they'll set up all the social channels yeah. and they'll be really active for a month, two months. Then life happens, something happens and they go stale. Yep. 
that is a critical flaw because then you look like you're out of the game. This was just a passing piece. Yep. You're not consistent. You're not individually accountable. And those are all things that employers look at. Those are all things that prospective clients and customers are going to look at for you is, are you consistently delivering? Yep. And is the message the same? So the images are great because they prevent that, that present that professional image. And even if you think about the colors, so the colors that you choose for your website, for your branding are all the same. Um, you'll find when I'm doing speaking, you'll either see me in a blue or an orange because those are our company colors. And it's a very subtle piece to how I present the brand that is yes. MPD, but it's there. And it also looks more beautiful whenever we use those for social media because it already blends in. That is so perfect. So if I was coming to you today, that we didn't know each other, okay? What are the first steps you'd recommend to me or maybe some a candidate sure. that also wants to build a personal brand? Sure, absolutely. There are a couple ways to do it, and I'll take it in two different phases for you. Uh, there are, if you are budget conscious, and everyone is budget conscious, mm -hmm. but there are ways that you can look in Google search for just the DIY templates that are out there that you could look at building a personal brand, and there are checklists and uh, templates to help you get started. Uh, the second piece, though, is you certainly can look to a professional service like our firm mm -hmm. to help you curate and create your brand. Um, the key piece there is really understanding, for our side, we look at a conversation. If we can talk to you for 15 minutes and pull out what sets you apart, what do you mm -hmm. want to do, how do you want to be perceived in the market, we can create magic. Um, so I would say, you know, first is you've got to do some soul searching to create your personal brand. You've really got to understand what do you want in life? How Where do you, do you want, want to, go? to be perceived? Where do you want to go? Um, you've got to really know yourself. And from there then determine, okay, what do I go? You may not need, and most people don't need their own website. That depends on if your platform is to really build a personality for yourself. If your goal is I want to find a salary position, you need to make sure your LinkedIn game is strong. That's where you need Very to spend true. your time. And again, there are DIY templates. There are services to really build out and flesh out that LinkedIn template. So that's my really, every candidate needs a strong LinkedIn. And I want to talk about that for just a second because that's a really, really good point. Because I know that as I work with clients and potential employers, they are looking at your social media, your LinkedIn. Mm -hmm. I just did a whole news blitz on this about people deleting stuff from social media and mm -hmm. should employers be allowed to even look at social media. But when you put it out there to the public, mm -hmm. you put it out there. And so, and that's part of your personal brand right there, even Absolutely. if you're not doing a website, right? What you say, what you comment on, what you like. Yes, absolutely. And I tell people all the time, you know, I go back to the common sense old adage, you know, mm -hmm. would your grandmother be proud of you if you posted that? <laughs> I like that. You know, I mean, it really comes down to yeah. that granular, um, you know, and I tell our clients, our candidates um, in, that are working, a lot of our clients are salespeople, marketing people, mm -hmm. business owners. Please don't get involved in a, a rabbit hole of talking about politics. Oh, yes. Please don't make snide and, you know, uh, nasty comments about whatever it is try to take the high road keep it classy yep uh, most people do but every now and then you'll find that they get off on a tangent and so just don't don't buy it buy into it absolutely so, that is your personal brand whether you like it or not it is and employers are going to look they do everyone is going to look they will immediately <clears throat> connect with you on LinkedIn so you need to make sure you're active you don't just have a profile but that you are liking you're you commenting contacts you're sharing you are building contacts 
Uh, I, I would tell everyone, please don't build cold contacts because uh, LinkedIn's starting to get a reputation for just uh, trolling for sales. Yep. And we all have received those messages. But when you meet someone at a networking event, when you go on an interview, when you meet someone at a nonprofit event, connect with them afterwards. I go through once a week and take my whole list of everyone I've met that week or had a phone call with, and I connect and invite them with LinkedIn. Put a little quick note. I don't believe I've been turned down. I mean, people are going to accept it. They're going to join with mm-hmm. you. Um, the bigger your network, the better. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So I know we kind of talked about this earlier, but I don't, I think it's such an important topic. We need to hit on it again. Um, our audience is largely made up of people that are looking for a job, not mm-hmm. necessarily don't have a job, but maybe not happy where they're at mm-hmm. and wanting to mm-hmm. make a move. So how can personal branding help them land their dream job? Yes, sure. I I think dream job is a term that has been overused and is often vague and nondescript. So everyone wants their dream job, but very few people have taken time to really look at what does a dream job look like for me. Um, When you do your personal branding, Mm -hmm. you've already thought through the hard part. What do I want to be known for? What do how how do I want to spend my days and time? What problems do I want to solve for people? That already helps you laser shot into what is the dream job. The dream job is the tactical role that you're going to play, right. but it's also the company, the culture. What does that environment and the work life look like? And it's also the people. Who's your boss? Who are your colleagues? Mm-hmm. All of those components are going to, what's the commute time? Those are all going to come into, is it a dream job or not? And if they don't check off every box, it's not a dream job. But where you're going to go with your brand is, you have already pre-qualified and set out, this is who I am and what I stand for. And you're better able to evaluate companies against, do they mesh that model with me? That is awesome. That is awesome. One of the questions that I love to ask when I'm interviewing candidates is, you know, other than salary, other than location, because that's the first thing they want to tell you. And I think that should be the last thing you consider. Mm -hmm. Other than salary, other than location, what's going to make you happy to get up and go to work tomorrow? Absolutely. And there are studies out there that I find fascinating that say pay is not even one of the top four right. reasons why exactly. someone takes a job or stays with a job. It is so much more about some of those intangibles. Um, one of our teammates had young children that played baseball, and she really wanted to be at their practice and in their games, and they started at 4 or 3.30 in the afternoon. We made her schedule work that she could go and be baseball mom. She stayed with us for 12 years. Oh, wow. She could have left much earlier, probably made more. We are a small business. Right. (laughs) But it was that environment, that family that came through. And the appreciation, I think that's the big part, is can you go somewhere you feel appreciated? So as you're evaluating a company, I always look at what's the retention rate of the employees? You know, certainly you can look at their glass door ratings or some of the other things out there, but those are hard to tell and get any kind of real game plan from. I look at what's their company culture? Are they active in the community? Have they won awards for culture? Some of the, you know, best places to work awards. Mm -hmm. Uh, Fast growth awards. Um, Those are uh, great ones because obviously they're able to consistently sustain. We find a lot of our clients on the business side, they're privately owned And they are those fast growth. They're winning the Dallas 100. They're winning the Inc. 5000. They're winning best places to work. And I can tell you their company cultures are amazing. Almost everyone who works at those companies would consider them dream jobs. I I love that. Um, 
I was going to tell you, I just wrote a blog on online reviews. Yes. Because, and, and we're having this issue with one of our clients right now where, you know, they had a couple of people that worked mm-hmm. there that left yeah. on, with bad taste in their mouth and they went and just wrote the worst reviews mm-hmm. I've ever seen, right? And we've, this isn't the first time this has happened. Sure. And, and I'd actually written this blog about, I don't know, two weeks ago maybe? <laughs> And this happened, and I was like, send this blog to the client right now mm-hmm. because there you can combat those online reviews. Mm-hmm. And I tell people, take those with a grain of salt because, and I know this isn't about online reviews, but take them with a grain of salt mm-hmm. because I was a very happy employee and never wrote a review. Mm-hmm. But yes. I promise you, like, yes. I've never wrote a bad review about a company, but if I have a bad restaurant experience, yeah. oh, I'm going to review that. Well, it's actually proven by statistics people will talk more about the negative and complain than they will the positive and the glowing yes. so you know we do we deal with this a lot with our clients on the business side because there are business reviews that come in too mm-hmm. and so we'll look at all right if it's not an accurate review make sure we're responding if it yes. is accurate and something bad happened respond show that you care and have concern then work through strategically how do we talk about and showcase the good that happens exactly and there to counteract it and to help you know present the image that is true and authentic so everyone will have a bad review every now and then exactly um you know and it's the same thing too with your candidates that are looking for um jobs you know if you're looking for a job and your linkedin game is strong ask for recommendations on linkedin ask for someone to tell you say about the experience of working with you a colleague a boss a nonprofit person but any of those things to just give you it gives you a leg up um and those are just you can't have enough um so, you run your own company. Mm-hmm. We're going to go different direction now. Yeah. What is it like to uh, running a woman-owned agency, and how do you seek, seek sorry, some days I can't speak, <laughs> um, <laughs> how do you seek to strengthen the careers of other women, kind of give back? Yeah, absolutely. A um, couple different ways. I've been blessed in my life. Um, I had someone who started me out and gave me a chance when I was young and new and right Mm -hmm. out of school. So I do a lot of time giving back to young women that are trying to launch their careers. And so I will take an informational coffee with anyone um, that is trying to break into my field of expertise. I also sit on the board of the North Texas Angel Network, which are all of the uh, individuals who want to start businesses and be entrepreneurs. And so I will also take informational meetings with them to just give what advice I can. Now, granted, I can't take them every single day, but I really do try to spend, you know, at least do one or two a week just to help give back there. The other way I give back is I serve on a couple boards. Um, I will speak at events that are coming up. I spoke a couple weeks ago at the Governor's Conference for Texas for uh, small businesses. Nice. The year before for women businesses. So ways to give back in that way to just help, you know, lift, lift everyone up. I love that. And I think for women business owners especially, you've got to find your tribe. So you have to have a way that you can ask for advice in your industry but also outside your industry. So, And there are so many organizations out there, women-based as well as co-ed, and there's value in both. So I would say find a tribe that's like-minded. For me, um, I'm part of a women's group called Executive Women Presidents. There's NABO. There's EWF. Uh, For those that are in finance, even look at the finance organizations, mm-hmm. FBI, yep. AICPA. Mm-hmm. Those are tremendous values to lift up. A lot of them do for female candidates, have a lot of female-oriented programs. Uh, that whole move for diversity is is out there, and it is a drumbeat that is not going away. 
I love that. I like that, and, and just to add to that, it doesn't have to be a professional network. No. Because I know we're part of a go, our group, yes. the Go-Go Girls, because yes. we're always on the go. Um, and I find so much value from just being around so many powerful women that ha- are established, like yourself. Mm-hmm. Or they bring another, um, you know, like we had a brainwave specialist at the last one, which was so cool. Yeah. She's coming on the podcast later. So I think that... You hear all the time, and it's it's such a famous quote, you are the average of the five people that are closest to you. Mm -hmm. And so it's so important that when you are that person that's close to someone, that you're giving them value and adding to their, you know, just adding to who they are as a person and building them up. You know, Mm -hmm. I don't know everything, and I'm always looking for those women that are going to lift me up as well. Absolutely. And I think you raise a really good point there about you have to be a constant learner. So read, join, attend. If you're in a remote area and you can't find a tribe locally, go online. Join some of the online groups that are out there. Meetup is um, a great yes, one. Yes, absolutely. Meetup. I mm-hmm. mean, and even just um, Eventbrite. I mean, I am amazed at the number of different specialties and talents and events that go on every week yeah. that could help you network and improve your game. So, absolutely. Uh, and some of them are really great. I mean, I know with a lot of folks that are looking for jobs, some of them will go ahead and spend some time with Toastmasters or some of the groups yes. to help them really hone their skills better and practice you know, the speed matchmaking, uh, just because the more practice you get, the you'll be effortless, you'll be consistent. Uh, it, it's a great way to be involved. So, I love that. Yeah. I love so, that. Yeah. So you've had years of experience consulting individuals and brands on their marketing strategy. Mm-hmm. What big takeaways did you learn along the way that helped you start your own company? I will say to start a company, I think a lot of it is in your DNA. Okay. I think that part of it is who you are, uh, we will find that most people who start a company, you are a risk taker. You are going to be an independent thinker, a self-starter. Mm-hmm. Um, to be responsible for your own destiny is a very big charge as far as you know, um, bringing in income, building a team, building a company. Uh, so you have to have that self-starter mode. But I will tell you, it's about finding your tribe. I am not the smartest person in the room. And if I am, we're probably in trouble. I'm in the wrong room if I'm the smartest person in the room. So I, I take that view of when I'm in networking groups, who can I learn from? The same way that you started out and you said, I just met some, learned and found someone I wanted to talk to. I just asked, hey, can I have a conversation right. and meet you? So you have to be brave and find a voice. Uh, I think that's another piece of starting a business. And especially as this economy evolves and we see mm-hmm. so much the gig economy, the freelance economy, you know, you know, unemployment is at record lows. I mean, it is it is a different job market than 20 years ago. So absolutely, I will say the consistent across the 20 years from when I started my company in 25, when I originally started working, is it's relationships. It's keeping the connections together, and it's so much easier now with social media, with digital marketing, with email to keep those relationships alive. It's also easier to destroy them very quickly (laughs) if you're not careful. That is true. So, So, again, go back to the grandma comment. You know, would grandma be proud of you? So, um, absolutely. (laughs) So So keep it clean, people. Keep it clean. (laughs) absolutely. So. Um, Okay. Well, we are to the part of the show where we ask you our VIP questions. Oh, my goodness. Yes. These are questions we ask of all our thought leaders to kind of Get to know you a little bit better, Mm -hmm. kind of see, get a peek inside your soul. So are you ready? All right, let's do this. Okay. 
If you were chosen to be one of the first colonists on Mars, what three things or people would you take with you? Okay. I would take my family. You, but which one? Only one? I need you, all of them. Well, then oh, my. Oh, no. All right. Well, yeah. all right. Don't tell the... All right. Just make sure my family mutes the section now. <laughs> I would take my little mini-me, who's seven. Who, uh, wait, who, wait, wait. Who, hey, we've got to talk about mini-me for just a second, okay? <laughs> so, so cute. She ended up tagging along, to, along today for the podcast, and um, we were getting our makeup done by our makeup artist here. And she looks up and she goes, I want to get my makeup done. <laughs> That led to her coming in and having like a little mini session with me where she was the guest. Mm-hmm. And I yes. mean, she was mm-hmm. absolutely adorable. So, Lily, shout out. We're going to yes. send some pictures and share some pictures of you on social. Yes. So, okay, so sorry. So, that was yes, your one. So, yes, Lily, Lily would be my one because, you know, she is a lot of fun and yeah. she tags along everywhere. Yes. So, uh, my next one, honestly, would be my iPhone. Okay. Because I would want to document, share, and um, connect and give back to what I'm seeing on Mars because not okay. everyone would be fortunate enough to do that. So I'm going to assume there's connectivity in Mars. You assume whatever you and want. And that I can, you know, share away. And if not, I'll document it for me. So, <laughs> <laughs> And then probably my third thing, uh, we'll go back to truly how I stay functioning, is um, copious amounts of coffee and tea. So. <laughs> you got to have coffee. you got to have coffee. So. So. Um, th- those are great answers. And I love – so the – it's really interesting to listen to people and their thought process mm-hmm. while they're answering that because some people are like, well, I'm not assuming there's any infrastructure. I'm taking water. Yeah. I'm assuming it's already, if they're going to get me to Mars, yeah. I'm assuming that they're going to have fully functional, you know, hotels, you know, restaurants. I'm already there. I'm just bringing the personal items. There you go. <laughs> Which maybe I don't need the coffee then, but, yeah. eh, you know, maybe I'll bring hand sanitizer. I carry it everywhere. That's so. <laughs> so what is one thing that you do to start your day that sets you up for success? I will say uh, it honestly is the night before sets me up for success. That's okay, too. Some so do that. I am a planner at night, so I make sure we have the clothes figured out, the lunch is ready, the household items ready, and my action plans. What do I need to accomplish the next day to really set the tone? Now, when I try, when I wake up, I try not to immediately look at my phone Good. and the emails there. It is a battle every day, I will tell Aww. you. it's the It is that. But I do try, and most times I'm successful, to spend a few moments, do some stretching, um, kind of center myself, pray, um, really kind of get my intentions right for the day, uh, read. Ideally, if I have some time, I have take 15, 20 minutes to just read something. Um, right now I'm reading David Allen's book, Getting Things Done. It's a reread for me about Good. how to live a productive life. And so I'm working on rereading that. Um, I also found a really interesting part of once I start my work day that I've taken away, and it was a brilliant interview from Ashton Kutcher, you know, who is the actor, and I know you're going to say that, but he actually is a serial entrepreneur and investor. He owns multiple businesses. So his hands are in multiple pots. And so what he takes and does in the morning that I thought was brilliant is the first hour he is doing his work, it is all about moving his agenda for the day. It is all about what do I need to accomplish and how do I get other people working on that for me? Or how do I focus and move that along? Before I look at email, because the challenge with email is that's other people's agenda for you. And so if you start out immediately with email, you're in a reactive mode instead of spending a full hour when you're at your peak being productive and pushing things out. So I thought it was a brilliant takeaway. I may have to go watch that. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's really good. I do... um, 
I, I do the same thing. I do a, I have a planner and it's a business planner mm -hmm. where you sit down, you do your rocks and yes, you traction. Absolutely. Yeah. Yes. EOS, so, one of my favorite systems. Um, yes. You do your three rocks and then you uh, list out any other task and then I list out my entire day. I yes. write it down because yes. I think there's so much power in getting it from your head to your hand it and is. on paper. And it honestly, the paper is, um, they've done studies, scientists, okay. that actually writing it out by hand versus typing helps you with retention. Yep. Uh, there's also something so satisfying about crossing out that to-do list. It is just amazing. I love it. So, yes. <laughs> okay. Last question. Okay. This is kind of my favorite one. If your life's work was being summarized in a news article, what would your headline be? Hmm. Advocate for entrepreneurs and women uh, to gain success creating authentic messages and connections. That's a long headline. It's a long headline. <laughs> so I'm just going to go advocate for women and entrepreneurs. I love it. That is so My good. My subhead, yes. <laughs> heading and subhead. Yes. That's, I mean, and that truly does summarize you, I think. Mm -hmm. That's a really good headline. So how do people get in touch with you? Sure, absolutely. So you can visit our website, Mary, P is in Paul, D is in David, and then the word ventures, V-E-N-T-U-R-E-S dot com. I am on LinkedIn and Twitter as Paige Dawson, P-A-I-G-E-D-A-W-S-O-N. Happy to connect with you. And make sure if you connect with her on LinkedIn that you mentioned that you saw her or heard her on the podcast today on the We Are VIP podcast. So with that, I have one more thing to say to yes. you, Paige. You are a VIP. Thank you. <laughs> and that's a wrap for today. Join us next week here on the We Are VIP podcast. We'd love to know how we can help you be a VIP. To find out more, log on to wearevip.com.